With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Wednesday, March 9th. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice. Today, we have a great show for you again. We are ranking the top 33rd baseman for fantasy baseball for 2022. And this episode, we will be ranking 30 to 11. And then on Friday's episode, we will do 10 to 1. Colby, we have some things to address first. Um, a little bit of news in the gambling sphere. Calvin Ridley. Decided 1500 bucks on whatever team he was deciding to bet on was worth it. And he bet it legally in Florida at the Hard Rock Casino Cafe. Why would he do that, Colby? I have no plausible explanation for Calvin Ridley doing this. I saw a tweet that was a $1,500 bet to lose $10 million. Yeah. And, and that's that's the news. Why receiver Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons has been suspended for at least at least the entire 2022 season for apparently betting on his own team. So it begs the question, do, does a guy like that deserve that long of a suspension for just betting on his own team? And I bet other players within the NFL are also doing this. They just haven't been caught yet, especially that the NFL is in bed with these enormous gambling companies i just i just can't fathom why he would need to bet fifteen hundred dollars he's making billions like is he that deprived of stimulation that he he needs to get this other fix it makes no sense but i did hear that his bets were placed between november 23rd and november 28th the falcons were playing the jaguars you can't really blame him for betting against the Jaguars, honestly. That's that's where I give Calvin Ridley a pass. Betting against the Jaguars, I mean, it's a lock. I brought up that if you're betting on your own team, is it really that bad? And obviously, this is a perfect world take, right? In a perfect world, you should be able to bet on your own team because you kind of do bet on your own team by taking performance you know, incentives. If your team wins the Super Bowl, you get 500K or a million or, or in some cases even more, right? It's kind of the same thing, but it, it go going to a third party just makes it so complicated. It This is stupid. It's very stupid. And do we think he should have been suspended? Yes. But when you look at how the NFL has handled a lot of domestic abuse policies, drugs, guys smoking weed, you know, Josh Gordon getting suspended for, it seems like every single season due to this, the gambling aspect, especially betting on your own team, does that deserve a year suspension while there are 
men beating on their wives horribly, I might add, that don't get a year suspension. That's my problem with it. I do agree he should be suspended, but compared to other suspensions within the league, doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't sit right with me either. It's apples and oranges. I mean, obviously those domestic abusers should be getting the same, if not more punishment than Calvin Ridley is getting, but I don't cool. think it takes away from, from the fact that Calvin Ridley is, is damaging the product on the field by doing this as well. Um, it sets a, a terrible precedent for other players to go and, and bet on not only their own team, but they could be betting on other teams and they have inside information. That's the, that's the issue here is, is the, inside information that can sway lines if they know that the jag if he knew that the jaguars had a certain injury that day or you know things that we may not know from the outside looking in that is the problem here that is the problem but the great thing is we can gamble on it and that's why the show is called not gambling advice but today we're not gambling on anything we're just playing fantasy baseball remember we're ranking 30 to 11 in a five by five league home runs, RBIs, runs, batting average, and stolen base. So when we get into 20 to 11, we're going to obviously go through each player individually and give you some guys that we think could possibly overperform their current value or maybe underperform that current value. So let's start at number 30 with Patrick Wisdom. And number 29, we have Brian Anderson. And number 28, we have Kevin Biggio. And number 27, Yandy Diaz. 26, Evan Longoria, 25, Jose Miranda, 24, Jonathan Villar, 23, Abraham Toro, number 22, Gio Urshela, and number 21, Alec Bohm of the Philadelphia Phillies. So when I look at this list, not a lot of stars, not a lot of guys I'll probably draft, but there are some diamonds in the rough here. And we've spoken about this guy, especially because you have the stats behind you. Jose Miranda of the Minnesota Twins is a guy we have to talk about at number 25. And I could spoil it, but I know you got the numbers. I'm obsessed with this guy. Um, as I've said, he's Luis Arias, who's on the same team as him, the Twins, but with 30 home run potential. Luis Arias is a guy that's going to hit close to 300, not strike out at all, but he doesn't hit the, for power. Miranda does. His minor league slash line last year between double A AA and triple A, 343 with 30 home runs and a 960 OPS. Whenever he, whenever he does come up to play in the bigs, you need to get him on your team. And obviously, if you're not in a very deep league or if you're not in a dynasty league, he might not seem very important to you right now because he isn't in the bigs yet. But let me tell you, put him on your watch list now and reap the benefits later. I mean, he could possibly be the best hitter on the Twins, not named Byron Buxton, sooner rather than later. Maybe not better than Jorge Polanco if we're looking at this year, but potentially he could be a better hitter. And I think he will be a better hitter than Jorge Polanco. The problem is we're ranking fantasy baseball this season. What's he going to do yep. this season? When do you think he's going to come up? I think he comes up. Well, it, it really just all depends on, uh, on when the season starts here, right? Because it, it could complicate things. If, if the season doesn't start till, till May or June, then, you know, you really never know when these minor league guys are going to come up this year. It's tough. If the, if the season starts, does start on time. A deal gets done um, today or tomorrow, depending on, on what happens with those uh, negotiations. You never know. Um, I would expect him to be up after Super 2. That seems like the logical logical time for him to come up sometime in June. I mean, you're still getting, you know, four months out of this guy, fantasy, you know, related. But that's why I say keep him on your watch list. Don't draft him now if you're not very deep league, but make sure that you do stash him even a couple of weeks before he does come up because you know how savvy managers are. They'll just 
pick them up and then you don't have them and you have to trade for them and it, and it creates this whole debacle. But yes, keep them on your watch list. And within the 10 I just named, there's a lot of guys who we know what we're going to get. Most likely like a guy like Jonathan VR, we're no, we know we're going to get a lot of speed. Evan Longoria is a guy that if he stays healthy, he's going to hit you for some power guys like Brian Anderson, if they can stay healthy, solid options, Patrick wisdom, we saw what he did last year, but I want to talk about number 21, Alec Bohm of the Philadelphia Phillies. Cause Alec Bohm was a top prospect coming out of Wichita state. You know, he burst onto the scene, even in his rookie year. I mean, in his rookie year in 2020, and it was a shortened season. He only played, you know, only played 44 games, only had 188 Bs. The guy hit 338 with a 400 on base, 881 OPS. You know, he was walking almost as much as he struck out. But then in 2021, the opposite happened. Slash 247, 305, 342. Power basically went away. You know, he struck out a lot more than usual. But the thing is, you look at his average exit velocity, you look at his max exit velocity, you look at his hard hit rate, he's still hitting the ball really hard and I think Alec Bohm is a guy who could easily launch into the top 20 but right now we have him at 21 do you have any worries about Alec Bohm moving into next season I don't have any worries I think it's only upside here I don't think Alec Bohm is 338 but I also do not think he's 247 like he did last year and as you mentioned his hard hit rate was 49 percent which is in the 89th percentile the problem is all of that contact is going on the ground right now, which Alec Bohm himself has said that he's going to try to, you know, put more balls in the air. And the amazing thing is outside of hard, hard hit rate, he only hits 12.5% of contact softly. So even the balls that he's not hitting above 95 miles an hour are still being hit with some force where they can, you know, go for line drives, but all of his contact is going on the ground right now. A change in approach though and I think Alec Bohm is a guy that can hit near 300 and hit above 20 bombs. He could be a fringe top 10 third baseman this time next year. Agreed. I think he's a great sleeper too, because, and just a number that kind of popped out at me, and this is, this is not the end all be all, but I think it does somewhat show that I think 2021 was a bit of a fluke and he's a much better hitter than a 247 guy in 2020. He hit 344 off fastballs in 2021 hit 190. Struggled. That's the problem there because he hit 333 up breaking balls. He had, you know, 381 up off speed. This is just a really solid hitter. I think he just had a down year. I think he got away from his approach. Agreed. I think he did too. And to your point about him hitting the ball on the ground so much, that was the problem because if he can, if he can get a little bit of lift, this is a 35 to 40 doubles guy with 20 to 25 bombs easily, probably hitting close to 300. And that would launch him right into the top 10. So I think Alec Bohm at number 21, we rank him there. And honestly, he, he might has be the one where we tough. come back last year and we're like, how was he at 21 when he finishes 11th? Yep. Yep. No, it's a guy that, that I'm all over. I mean, he's being ranked as the 24th third baseman and at ADP 286 right now. Um, another guy I want to get into right before we go into 20 through 11 is, is the guy right behind him. At number 22, Gio Urshela. Um, from 2019 to 2020, he hit 310 with 27 bombs, 97 runs, and 104 RBIs in 650 plate appearances. So that's kind of an, of an example of what Gio Urshela could do over a full season. Last season, though, his ground ball rate spiked. The same story that we're seeing with Alec Bohm, right? Gio Urshela started hitting more, more balls on the ground, capping his power output, but his hard hit rate stayed the same. So I think if, if Gio Urshela starts hitting more fly balls again, then we could get, you know, all it takes for Alec Bohm and Gio Urshela to 
deliver um, value close to a top 10 third baseman is hitting more fly balls. Agreed. Is Gio Urshela the 314 hitter in 2019 for the Yankees? Is he even the 298 hitter for the Yankees? Probably not, but I don't think he's the 267 hitter either. I think he's right in the middle, 267 and 298. I think we should see 280 batting average with 15 home runs. My only thing is... he has more power than that. I think he has 23 home run power. What do you say, potentially, potentially? Let's say the Yankees sign a shortstop and they're going with Luke Voigt at first base. Maybe they even trade for Matt Olson. Where's the playing time there? Because Glaber is going to play second. DJ is most likely going to play third. So if they get a shortstop to replace Gio Urshela, that's a player we have to monitor. He could kind of start resorting into a fourth infielder, not a fourth infielder. There's four infield positions, a fifth infielder, uh, but not really more of a fourth infielder because second base, shortstop, and third base. Um, But yeah, that's the thing. That's what we have to monitor with Gio Rochella because the 22 rank, if he's starting, is where he should be ranked. But depending on what moves Yankees make, that's that's who we have to monitor. I mean, I I think the important thing to realize with Gio Rochella is I think he will stay in the lineup because he's a very good defender. I wouldn't say very good. He's a solid defender, and that's going to keep him in the lineup as much as possible. And even if the Yankees do make moves and they get Matt Olson and they get some other guys, um, maybe they do get Correa. Gio Urshela could be a trade candidate as well to, for the Yankees to get some more pitching possibly. Um, so that's something to monitor as well. But yeah, I really like Gio Urshela and Alec Bohm at their current draft position as huge upside. You could be getting fringe top 10 production from both these guys. Agreed. I think Alec Bohm has a bit more upside than Gio Urshela, but I agree. Gio Urshela does have some upside, especially if he's, you know, if he gets 500 to 600 plate appearances next year, if he's in the starting lineup, it's a great guy to have on your fantasy team. So let's start with number 20. A. Eugenio Suarez of the Cincinnati Reds. From 2018 to 2019, Suarez was one of the premier power bats in baseball. And heck, even since 2018, he's the MLB leader in home runs. The only problem is his production basically fallen off a cliff. Since 2020, and I talked about this on the Just Baseball show, we were just going over A. Eugenio Suarez. He's hitting below the Mendoza line since 2020. 198 with a 90 WRC+. He's a guy who has prolific home run numbers. So you probably expect a guy like a Eugenio Suarez to be in the top half of hard hit rate, but he isn't The batting average might kill you, but 35 home runs with 80 plus runs and RBIs isn't out of the question for him. And he qualifies as a shortstop, which is another added plus. And he's currently getting drafted as the 18th third baseman off the board. A Eugenio Suarez is ranked 20th on our list because of the home run potential, but Honestly, Colby, he's a guy who I'd probably take Alec Bohm over him. At his current draft position, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, the crazy thing with Eugenio Suarez is his line drive rate has completely been squashed. Yeah. Right. He stopped hitting line drives, which has completely squashed his bat. His BABIP is, is one of the lowest in the league 214 in 2020, 224 BABIP last year. Most guys are around 300, a little bit above 300 in their BABIP. If he starts hitting more line drives, again, this is another guy that an approach change, the slightest approach change could make all the difference. And all of a sudden you're getting production close to what Eugenio Suarez was doing in 2018 and 2019. And you're getting close to top 10 production. You you said it perfectly. He hit 109 home runs between 2017 to 2020. Like the guy just hits nukes. Nukes out of nowhere, but. But the average is going to cliff lately. Like he had 31 home runs last year. I think he can hit a couple more this year. That's why I said 35 plus, but 
he hit 271 from 2017 to 2020. Yeah, no, he like, can do that. The but... upside to hit the average is there if he hits more line drives. Well, we know it's that he's probably not going to do that, Colby. We know. We know the approach is there. Like, we're, we're both on the same page. It's just we know that most likely it's not going to happen. The move the move for me is, is don't draft Eugenio Suarez. Wait until the season starts. See the first two or three weeks of the season. Monitor his batted ball data. If he is hitting more line drives – and decreases his fly ball percentage maybe as slightly, go after him on the trade market. Agreed. That's a good one. So let's go to 19. So 19 is Josh Donaldson, who's now on the Minnesota Twins. Last year hit 247 with 26 bombs, 73 RBIs, or 73 runs and 72 RBIs. And this is kind of what you're getting with Josh Donaldson. He's the four hitter now in that Twins lineup. Um, he's not going to play every single day, but he's going to play you know 140 games third base DH his hard hit rate has been over 50% in three straight seasons. And I would expect close to what he did last season. He has had, he hasn't had less than 26 home runs in the last like six seasons that he's played. Um, And if he stays healthy, which I think he will just because he doesn't play third base every day, he's playing DH, he gets off days. Um, He's being drafted ADP 203, which I think is just a little bit high right now for, you know, a guy that's not going to play every day, but the upside is there for him to have 30 home runs with even more production RBI and run production than he did last year. His Savant page just bleeds, bleeds red. He's a great player and a, and a, and a guy who I feel like I know what I'm going to get out of him. I mean, he hit 26 home runs last year. Wouldn't be shocked if he hit 30. Like you said, he's also a doubles machine. I just, I hope he can stay completely healthy. You know, I mean, the guy is, you know, the guy is 36 years old, but Overall, I think he's a very solid selection because you. I think you know what you're going to get, and he's not going to hurt you in the batting average department. I think he can get you know plenty of RBIs. I would be surprised if he gets 100 with that Twins offense, but I wouldn't be shocked. He just doesn't play like, enough to get 100 this, RBIs exactly, either. That's the problem. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. So let's move on to number 18, Eduardo Escobar, the newly signed New York Met. Eduardo Escobar, we've talked about him before. He has sneaky power. In 2019, he had 35 bombs. 2021, he had 28 home runs between between the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. And he's projected to get the starting nod at third base as J.D. Davis just hasn't done enough to garner that role. And the Mets lineup, I feel like we're going to see a lot of the same that we have been seeing because I don't see any drop-off in production for, for Escobar. I think a 250 average is very reasonable. I think 25 to 30 home runs is also pretty reasonable. And in that Mets lineup, I assume he's probably going to slot in in the six-hole um, with plenty of runs and RBI opportunities with an overall improved Mets offense. And yeah, like I said, we talked about him in the second base episode, just a guy who I feel like I know what I'm going to get. And I love guys who I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Yeah. We covered him a lot in, in that episode. Yeah. I think, I think he's pretty much slotted in for what he's going to do last year, this year. Um, he's a vet at this point. He's, he's entering his age 33 season and um, he's shown he has the chops to hit around 30 home runs and, and yeah. Be solid, 250 to 260. He, he's a great contributor and a great late-round guy, just depth piece that you put him in your lineup and you don't really have to worry about him. When you draft him, though, it's not going to be the sexiest pick. Like When you're in your fantasy draft and you're in the chat with your boys or your girls or whoever's in there, you draft Eduardo Escobar. Like Nobody's like, oh, Colby, took a great steal. <laughs> nobody's going to say it, but he's going to be productive for your fantasy team. I do have a guy that your league mates might say, no, you took him. I had him on my watch list. 
Heimer Candelario of the Detroit Tigers is our number 17 third baseman. Last year, he hit 271 with 16 bombs, 75 runs, and 67 RBIs. But the, the peripherals looked good for him. His X batting average was 278. And I could, I could see more uh, RBI and run production from him this year. The, the Tigers lineup, it just added Javier Baez. They're going to add Spencer Torkelson, possibly Riley Green. And you never know if the Tigers are going to get Carlos Correa. It's still a possibility. I don't think it's the likeliest possibility, but it's still a possibility nonetheless. Um, the interesting thing for Candelario is in 2020, he had a 47% hard hit rate, which was awesome. Last year reverted back to, I think, 40%. Um, and I'm not to say that, that the 47% hard hit rate is what he's going to do this year, but I think a slight increase in hard hit rate could be like just that little, little push that he needs to make that next step and be a 285 guy with 20 home runs and, you know, 80 runs, 80 RBIs, super solid selection here. He's a doubles machine in that massive Tigers ballpark. I know you love him too. I do love him because I love the idea of those doubles possibly becoming home runs. You know, a couple of them that maybe bounce off the wall, maybe a couple of them get over the fence. Like you said, with the hard hit rate, I don't think what it reverted back to is the closest version to Heimer Candelario. I actually think that the 2019 version, or excuse me, the, the whatever year that you were referring to is 2020, 2020, I'm messing up my ears, 2022, I don't know. But the year before that, I think that's the most likely scenario that we're going to see with Heimer Candelario. I think he's got a ton of upside too, plenty of RBI and run opportunities and that improved Tigers offense, you know, with Torkelson and Riley Green coming up. I'm excited. I really am. I just think he's a really talented player. And I think we're going to see it on full display in 2022. And that's the guy who I'm targeting in my fantasy drafts. But how about another guy I'm also targeting? Um, probably not at third base, maybe at second base, Luis Arias um, of the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, we've talked about him a ton before. He qualifies at second base, third base, shortstop. You're probably going to hear him on the shortstop episode next week, but he's just got real pop in the bat. He's a 24-year-old coming off a season where he hit 250 with 23 bombs and over 75 runs in RBIs, and he even can swipe you five bags at a position that you're really not going to get any stolen bases. His hard hit rate, again, around major league average, and he's just five foot nine, 168 pounds, and he's currently getting drafted as the 13th ranked third baseman off the board. 13th seems a little high for me, though. That's why maybe, you know, if you're getting drafted a little bit later and you maybe get him at second base, but Luis Arias, I want power at my third base and I can find it in a lot of other areas. And I don't know where I'm going to take Arias, but I do like him as a player. That's why he's ranked 16th. Yeah, I think there's a massive discrepancy where, where Luis Arias is being taken and Heimer Candelario, who we just mentioned. Candelario is being taken ADP 223, Arias 155. So give me Candelario all day of the week, but that's not to say that Luis Arias is not a talented player. And I think there is room for improvement here. I mean, think about it. This guy's been in the major league since he was 21 or 22. Last season was his age 24 season. And this year moving into his age 25 season, I could see everything coming together even a little bit more. Last year, his, his uh, K rate decreased. His hard hit rate went up to 40%. I think there's more in the tank than even that on both ends. And remember, this is a guy that hit 315 with 19 home runs in 73 games in AAA in 2019. So he's a hitter that can hit close to 300 with even more power than what we've seen already. And remember, he is still very young. Um, but I do think that that upside is being baked into his ADP a little bit too much. Agreed. Um, so I'm probably going to vie for a guy like Candelario, you know, four or five or even six rounds later. Agreed. Totally. 
So that brings us to uh, the number 15 guy who's actually being drafted behind Luisa Rice as well at, at ADP 185. It's Matt Chapman, who had a disaster of a year last year. There's, there's no way to really like sugarcoat what he did last year. He had 210 with 27 bombs, which is great. 75 runs, 75, 72 RBIs is very, very solid production. But that 210 average is going to destroy your fantasy team if that's what he does next year. I don't think that that's what he's going to do next year, but there is reason to worry with Matt Chapman. There really is. Um, He averaged a 49% hard hit rate from 2018 to 2020, which is great. Like I said, probably in the the 90th percentile last year, 41% hard hit rate way, way down. He also had the highest fly ball rate of his career. And actually he had the lowest line drive rate in the entire league. So when you look at it from a WOBA perspective, Ground balls have an average WOBA of, I believe, like 240. Fly balls have an average WOBA somewhere close to 400. Line drives have an average WOBA of above 600. It's like 611, I think. Batting average is the same. It's like a 600 batting average for for line drives. If you're not hitting line drives, you're not going to have a high batting average. That's the question mark for Matt Chapman. And it's a lot like Eugenio Suarez. Will he be able to hit enough line drives to get his average back up to 250? Because the power numbers are there. Like he is a 30 home run potential guy. I'll tell you why I think Matt Chapman's going to bounce back. So he went under, he underwent hip surgery in 2020 and he came back in 2021. My friend Dustin has also dealt with hip injuries and hip surgeries really, really hard to bounce back and unlock all the power that you once had. I still think a year then removed from hip surgery into 2022. And I know the off season has been tough in terms of, you know, with scheduling and how is he going to be able to train, you know, when we don't know when opening day is, but what this is doing is allowing, giving him more time to heal from that hip injury. Matt Chapman unlocks a lot of his power from his hips. He's a crazy good athlete and it, it involves a lot of his body. I really do think that a year removed from hip surgery, even now two years removed because now it's 2022, I think that hip's going to be healthy. And I think we're going to see a lot of the same that we did see, maybe not at peak Chapman, but at least 90, 95% instead of the 50% what we saw last year. You say that to what? Do you think he was compensating last year? And that's why the fly ball rate was so high and line drives were down because he he just had to compensate for that power and get under the ball that much more. Yes. And even firsthand, like talking to Dustin, it's in the, like you have to overcompensate because you just don't have the power in the hips that you can rely on. You can't sit in that back hip, something that Christian Yelich also relies on, even though his is a back thing, the back and the hip, they're aligned. Like you can't sit in there and, and just poke balls out. You can't do that anymore. Chapman had to, you know, put more arms into the baseball and that, you know, that'll, you'll pop some balls up and, and you just won't have the same type of production that you did. But I think, Again, a year removed. I'm excited for Matt Chapman moving into next year. It's a guy that that I think you're going to be grabbing shares at ADP 185. That seems Absolutely. pretty tasty. Absolutely. And next at 14 is Ryan McMahon of the Colorado Rockies. We talked about him a lot as well, but he's known as a glove first spot. Glove first guy could swing it a little bit. The core's effect has definitely helped some of his stats. Um, but he's coming off a season where he hit 254 with 23 bombs and 80 plus RBIs and runs and even stole you six bags. 
I also like that he hit 32 doubles, which was top 20 in the National League. And, you know, we've talked about this again before. His hard hit rate and exit velocities were in the 68th percentiles or better. And he seems to check most of the five categories. He's being drafted as the 20th best second baseman. Um, and he's being drafted higher as a third baseman. And again, we talked about this. I know I keep saying this, but he was in our second base episode. He struggled against lefties the past two seasons. So that is definitely something to watch over next year. He's in, he's very intriguing. I, I love cores guys in five by five fantasy leagues because their average is always going to be inflated. And I think what he did last year at 254 is definitely a floor and not a ceiling. I could see 270. Um, his approach changed last year too, which is interesting. He, he decreased his ground ball rate from 50% all the way down to 38%. If a guy's able to, to change an approach like that and hit a ton of line drives, he hit line drives a quarter of batted balls. That's just only going to help your batting average. Um, I, I really like what, what Ryan McMahon does at the plate. And I know he doesn't hit lefties, which, you know, kind of caps his, his overall production. Um, but even a, an improvement there could could take him to the next level as well. I, I like where he's being drafted and um, the positional versatility helps his value as well. Definitely helps his value. So that brings us to to a more interesting guy than Ryan McMahon, for sure. Um, it's a guy that that could be viewed as, I think, the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball ahead of even Matt Chapman or Nolan Arenado. It's Cabrian Hayes, who was a rookie last year on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, he hit 257 with six bombs, 49 runs, 38 RBIs, and nine stolen bases in 96 games. So it wasn't a full season for Cabrian, but he very much held his own in that small sample. Um, he has a hard hit rate close to 50%, and I could see a hard hit rate over 50% next year. The problem with Cabrian is an insane amount of ground balls. He had the third highest ground ball rate in the bigs last year. And that just completely capped his power output. Um, and I think that's, that's Cabrian Hayes being a bit overmatched in his first taste of, of, I think, you know, I, an baseball. I think it's another one of those Matt Chapman things, a guy like Brian Hayes hand and wrist injuries. Yes. That's going to hurt your ability to put consistently put the ball in the air. I, I, I don't know if that's his approach. He's just a line drive guy because we've seen the type of lift that Cabrian Hayes can get. I, this is another guy who I'm targeting in fantasy drafts because he's not being drafted currently as a 13th guy. He's going, I mean, what is his ADP right now? 140. Yeah, 140. Give me that. Oh, is it, 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 uh, I'm actually, I'm mistaken right there. He's being drafted 139th overall as the number 11th ranked third baseman. And I think people are sensing the upside with Cabrian Hayes, and I'm on board with that. I, I think he's going to have a great year next year. The thing you're getting here is stolen bases, too. He, he really is an adjustment away from being a 270 guy with 20 home runs and 20-plus and stolen bases in a full year. And you know he's going to be on the field every single day because of how good he is at third base. Um, it's just whether he makes that adjustment. I think you're totally right with he was hurt last year, and I think he was a bit overmatched against MLB pitching in your first taste of in the MLB, like any prospect will be. Kellenic was the same way last year. Wander Franco even sucked for three weeks. He and did. sucking for three weeks for Wander Franco is like unacceptable. It's never happened game. in his entire life. Never, never. So yeah, I, I'm I'm buying the hype conservatively on Cabrian Hayes. Um, I do want to see him do make that adjustment, but you're gonna have to go out on a limb and buy buy it. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think anybody's gonna trade you, Cabrian Hayes. I'm targeting Brian Hayes early. And as the 11th ranked third baseman, 
We have him at 13. I don't think that's that out of the question. But at number 12, we have Yohan Mankata of the Chicago White Sox. Yohan Mankata is a very disciplined hitter. He walked at a 13.6% rate last year to give him a 375 OBP. But your OBP doesn't really matter in fantasy baseball. But what discipline means and why I like disciplined hitters, he doesn't get cheated. And when he hits the ball, his average exit velocity is in the upper third of MLB. Last season, he had 263 with only 14 home runs, only 61 RBIs, and 74 runs. But this was a guy in 2019 who hit 315 with 25 home runs and even added 10 steals. So what in the world should we expect from Yuan Mankata? I kind of think somewhere in the middle. I think he can hit around 270 with 20 to 25 home runs and plenty of run scoring and RBI opportunities in a loaded White Sox lineup. And he's currently being drafted as the 12th third baseman off the board, right exactly where we have him. So the people drafting where we rank him, pretty accurate. I think everybody kind of knows what Yuan Mankata is. Do you disagree with 270, 20 to 25 home runs with, you know, let's say 75 runs, 80 RBIs, maybe five bags? I... Yeah, I, his fly ball rate was way, way down last year, but he compensated with more line drives. I can see what you're putting down there, 270 with, with 20. I think probably even closer to 25 home runs is not out of the question. Um, what happened to the speed with Yohan Mankata? When he was with the Red Sox, he was stealing like 40 bags in the minor leagues. And this was back before the stupid rules that you couldn't pick off. Like those were legit bags in the minor leagues. He's only going to steal you five bags these days. Did he just bulk up a little bit too much? I don't know what happened there. I think it could be the approach. Maybe it's uh, they don't want him to get injured. Maybe with the bigger bases that they now implemented, maybe he'll steal a couple more bags. You know, maybe he doesn't want yep. to get his hands stepped on and, you know, the bigger bags is allowing for more steals. I don't know. I, I think it has to probably do with the White Sox don't want him to get injured. Um, and maybe the speed is just kind of tallied off a little bit. I mean, this is a big guy. This guy over 200 pounds. I mean, he's a big slugger. I think he's more of a power threat than a speed threat these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He hit second in this lineup a lot last year um, in what was like, honestly, a, a very solid year for him, but he had a 139 WRC plus And yeah, like you said, 315 in 2019. I don't think that's going to happen again. He had a 406 BABIP, which is yeah. just unreal, but awesome. he is going to be a guy that has a high BABIP. Because he has speed. He has somewhat speed, but he hits a ton of line drives. Yeah. Hits a ton of line drives. Um, so 350 Babbitt last year, I think that's kind of in line with where he's at. But I, I agree. I think 270 to 275 batting average is not the question. I like where he's currently being drafted at, you know, 150. Um, it's a guy I'd be happy with on my team as well. And I think it's a fun guy to root for because he did have that superstar potential at one time. And I think it's still there. I mean, how old is he now? He's going into his age 27 season. Um, so kind of entering his peak. And I think he has the ability to only get better. The only problem is, this is just a me opinion. She's kind of boring on my team. I don't he's get a, excited that much. A, like, even though I know he's good and he's probably even better than Brian Hayes and McMahon and like we ranked him, but just not a, not a good name that I want. And it makes no sense, but it's my team. And I don't know if I want him. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, this is a mid episode adjustment here. And I think you might be happy about it. Um, I think Cabrian over Moncada is, is the right move. I don't hate it at all. I think we might have to do that right now. Number 12 is Yuan Moncada. Number 13. Or no, 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 no. Number 12 is Cabrian Hayes. And number 13 is Yuan Moncada. We just did that live. Yeah. 
I'm down. The whiteout. We just white it out. I just That's I how think we do Brian it. Hayes is going to be great next year. Similar to Matt Chapman. I think both of these guys are going to be. I just great think the upside is there because of the stolen bases. Like you could literally give me Yoan Mankata production with 20 stolen bases, and that's Cabrian Hayes, possibly. Exactly. I don't know if I'll have as many RBIs and runs. No, Maybe because it's a Pirates lineup. Exactly. Um, but I don't think it's out of the question that he matches the batting average and, and he matches the power production as well. Give me those steals. Okay, we get back to number 11, who we've talked about twice already now. <laughs> it's DJ LeMahieu. Um, does he play every position? I think he plays first, second, third. Does he play outfield? Does he play short? Doesn't play outfield, doesn't play short, but easily could. I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife. He could play shortstop. I bet he'd be one of the best defensive shortstops on the Yankees, and you could easily probably throw him in a corner. Probably, again, one of the best defensive corner outfielders on the Yankees. But He's going to mostly play second base. He's going to mostly play third, and he'll play some first next year as well. I feel like I've talked about him a ton. I don't know. I I, I don't know whether I'm buying I'm, the DJ bounce back. I think that's what we have to I'm say. Buying We're buying it. the I'm DJ buying bounce it. back. It's just at a high cost. It's at a yeah. high cost right now. It's a, it's a 112. That's what we should talk about right now. Yeah. The 112 ADP for him right now, to me, seems high. Let's see what else you could get at that ADP, because I think that's that's good to lay that out there. Like, 112, where he's going right now, you can get Shane McClanahan. You can get Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Rendon, even Justin Verlander is in the same ADP as him. Guys that are behind him a little bit, Willie Adamas, Carlos Rodon, Nathan Eovaldi, Kalanick, Reese Hoskins. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I am he really be in that range, though. I think he should be in that range. He should be. But I think I like the upside of some of these other guys. Even Blake Snell is being drafted after him. Like, I'm taking Blake Snell on my pitching staff over DJ LeMahieu in my lineup, I think. I probably am, but there's some guys you named in there who I'd take DJ LeMahieu over. Can you name him again? Sure. So you have Rendon, Verlander, Jesse Winker. Wait, well, hold on. I would, I would not take him over Rendon because we have Rendon ranked higher. I would not take him. I would take him over Verlander. I would. Uh, I'm not. We haven't. Yeah, we I don't haven't know. I take it back. I'm not. I take it back. Uh, only thing is, is Verlander going to throw 175 innings? I think he'll throw 160 to 170. Yeah. Yeah. I just love DJ's durability. Um, I mean, like, it, it is true. It is true. And, and DJ does play in the good Yankees lineup. So he yeah. does have the, the, the hundred, right. hundred and run upside for sure. Um, but like if this could, team gets Matt Olson and he's leading off, he may lead the league in runs. It's fair. He's a guy who I want. It's fair. So let's talk about a guy who you think could bounce out of the top 20. I can start. Um, I mean, I think A. Eugenio Suarez is going to bounce out of this top 20. Um, and I also think there's a very strong possibility that Eduardo Escobar bounces out, and it only has to do with playing time. Depends if the Mets really want to keep putting J.D. Davis in their lineup. I know with the um, extra DH, that definitely helps. But the Mets have so many players now. You know, I mean, just look at the outfield, look at the infield. There's just – they're loaded. They're loaded with a lot of players. So my only worry is, will he get 600 plate appearances or 600 ABs? Because if he gets 450, then you won't see him in this top 20 just because the power won't be there and the RBIs and the runs won't be there. And he's not going to make up for it in stolen bases. And he's not really going to make up for it in batting average either. I think for me, the guy that I'm most worried about bouncing out of the top 20 
and that you didn't name is, is Matt Chapman. Um, he's a change away, like we said, from being healthy maybe and changing that line drive rate. But if he doesn't change that line drive rate and he does have another season, you know, 210, close to 200, then he's kind of in the same boat as a Eugenio Suarez. It's like, yeah, he is. why would I draft lost power. Matt Chapman over Eugenio Suarez at that point? You exactly. would take Eugenio. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to so, go so the other way. If, if we're picking up guys who we think could bounce into the top 10, I'm going Matt Chapman. I think he's going to bounce back from this hip thing. I think he's a crazy generational type athlete within the game of baseball. And I think it's, it's, it was due to the hip and I'm going to blame a lot of it on that hip injury. I think he's going to bounce back and be totally fine. This is a guy who put up 500 plus slugging percentages in pretty much every single year, except last year. I think we're going to see another 500 plus slugging percentage, which means probably 30 home runs. And I think those line drives are going to come back. I believe in Matt Chapman. And I also believe in Cabrian Hayes. I think both these guys, very similar, phenomenal defenders, great athletes, dealt with injuries. The power was not there. I think it's going to return because like we said, the juice ball is definitely going to help. I think they're going to implement more juice ball in 2022. That's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, they need to, if theory. they're going to have fans watch the, the, the games. Yeah. Games might not happen. We might just be talking about random guys who don't even, what would even play baseball next year? That, that's a very real possibility. So who's your guy who you think could jump into the top 10? It's Alec Bohm for me. Uh, it's his oh, current wow, not even in our top 20. Not even in our top 20. I love that. Um, but I think he could finish the year as a top 10 third baseman. Um, he's being drafted 286, so the 24 low. third baseman. The value you're getting there is, is wild for a guy that only struggled because he put the ball on the ground too much, but hit the ball close to, to 50% hard hit rate. To me, this is a guy that that is a lot like Cabrian Hayes, struggled with the same issues and doesn't have the stolen base numbers that Cabrian Hayes has. But I think he he has even more average upside than Cabrian Hayes and has the similar upside of Cabrian Hayes where former top pro, or top prospect and like, you know, could bounce and and you know, supplant himself as a top third baseman in the game, which was being advertised before 2021. Like Alec Bohm was probably being drafted 11th or 12th in third baseman last year, probably higher. Like I know a lot of people were all over Alec Bohm last year and I, I liked him too. How could you not after what he did in 2020? Well, stay tuned for 10 to one. We will be back on Friday's episode of not gambling advice. Also, you can see our catcher write-ups, our first base write-ups and our second base write-ups currently on justbaseball.com as well. Give us a look on YouTube. We're posting all of these podcasts again. So if you don't want to listen on audio, we will be on YouTube as well. Maybe you're working out, maybe you're on the treadmill and you just want to watch us talk about fantasy baseball. We'd love to have you. We're going to be doing it three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, for the rest of the season, if we have a season, well, we're going to have a season, but just how many games we're going to keep you updated through your fantasy baseball teams. And of course, gambling, and we're going to do a March madness preview probably next week, early next week after selection Sunday. Um, I'm currently wearing my just baseball merch Colby another day, another podcast episode where you are not wearing just baseball merch because you hate the company and you hate the from, merch. It's from Zara. Who doesn't oh love God. Zara? No, I don't want to hear about your other jacket. It's way worse than the just baseball merch. So go get your guys stuff. Some in the episode description, the link is in there. Also the links to our write-ups will be in the episode description as well. Anything else before we part? Nah, man, this was a fun episode. This is a good one. And with that, thank you, everybody.